Hey there, serotonin searchers. Before we get into this week's episode, I did want to give a trigger warning for all of the listeners out there. This week's episode does talk about abortion and PTSD, as well as some mentions of sexual assault. So if those are topics that you cannot handle listening to, please turn this episode off now and I'll see you back here next week. For everybody who's going to continue listening to the episode, I just wanted to give a preface. Um, Yes, this week's topic is abortion, PTSD, and EFT tapping. And Maria and I recorded this conversation back in March. So it was before all of the discussions of overturning Roe v. Wade became very prevalent. And I wanted to get Maria's episode out this week because I really think it is important to highlight her story, you know, for people to hear her experiences, how she was treated, what she went through. I wanted to talk about the overturning of Roe v. Wade for a quick minute before we get into everything, just because, um, as you might know from listening to this podcast, I grew up in a very Catholic background. I was raised to be pro-life. There really wasn't any other option. Um, But as I've grown up and as I've done my own research and educated myself on my own stances and beliefs, I am very much so pro-choice because I believe women should have the right to body autonomy. I believe women should be able to make decisions that are going to impact their lives. It's just so overwhelming and so disheartening and so infuriating as a woman to sit here and watch you know, this country basically want to attack us and take away our rights and strip us of the power to choose what happens to us. And so, you know, as someone who comes from a family of mainly women, who is a woman herself, and as someone who is an aunt of two young girl nieces, it's just so crazy to me that to think that my nieces will have to grow up in a world where they have less rights than women in the 50s. And so I wanted to just take a moment to talk about, you know, how draining it can be to continuously watch the news and how heavy it can weigh on your own mental health because it does create a lot of fear and create a lot of concern and it heightens anxieties. And, you know, for me, I get so anxious over following the news and trying to educate myself and keeping up with what's happening that then it makes me depressed because everything becomes so overwhelming and it's so draining and it's just hard to continue to wake up and, you know, have to be treated like you don't matter. And it's not only women in this country, you know, it's women, it's people of color, it's people of the LGBTQ community, it's people of lower economical classes. And so the overturning of Roe v. Wade isn't only an attack on women, it's going to begin an attack on all minorities. And if you're a man out there listening and you don't think Roe v. Wade is going to affect you, that's absolutely not true. It will have such a drastic effect on everybody. And I just, it's so scary to think about what is coming up. So I wanted to remind everybody to, yes, educate yourself. Yes, inform yourself. But you have to preserve your own mental health. You have to preserve your own energy. You have to set your own boundaries and you have to make sure you're not sending yourself into a downward spiral. So make sure you are taking care of yourself during this time. Um, Give the woman in your life a big hug and make sure you're supporting them extra through this difficult, difficult period. And if anybody does want to support, you know, Roe v. Wade and kind of 
take a stance against that being overturned. Um, I will include some Planned Parenthood resources in the show notes so you can take a look at those. All right, you guys, let's get into this week's episode. I'm so excited for you guys to hear from Maria. She is such a genuine and beautiful soul, and she was just so welcoming and, you know, she was very vulnerable with her story. So I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Hey, all of you beautiful humans. Welcome back to another episode of the Search for Serotonin podcast, a show about releasing the stigma surrounding mental health and finally finding your own happiness. I'm your host, Carolyn Farrick, and I'm sharing my most vulnerable stories around my own mental health journey in an open and authentic way to help you feel less alone in your struggles. We all deserve to be happy and we don't need to find happiness alone. So welcome to the search committee. What's up, serotonin searchers? Welcome back to another week of the Search for Serotonin podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Farrick. And this week we are joined by another guest. I am here with Maria Bonita Welsh, who is a fearless femme energy coach that overcame PTSD through EFT tapping and now uses it to empower women to stand in their own prosperous feminine power. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about Maria's experiences with PTSD, EFT tapping, and how she healed with it, and some additional quick alternative methods that you can use to help when you are struggling as well. So Maria, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, hi, Carolyn. It's fantastic to be here. Maria and I met months ago on a Facebook group Mm -hmm. and you actually reached out to me. You sent me some advice because it was back when I was figuring out the idea of my podcast. I didn't even launch yet. And I was just kind of putting out feelers to find other people who I could just bounce ideas off of. And we actually had set up a couple of times to meet and just connect and talk but I had some stuff come up and then actually my boyfriend's car got stolen the day we were supposed to meet. So it got delayed. (laughs) And then I asked for podcast guests and you applied and we were supposed to meet once again. And then, you know, time (laughs) differences got us. So I'm so glad that we could finally sit down and actually meet and have this conversation because I think it's going to be one that my audience really can get a lot out of. Um, But yeah, if you just want to tell us a little bit about where you're from, maybe a little bit of your background, and then kind of how you got to the point of becoming a fearless femme energy coach. Yeah, so yeah, it's been it's been a while. We've been meaning to meet up. We're finally doing it. Um, So I am, you can tell by my accent, I'm from the UK, but I'm currently living in Colombia in South America. I'm married. My husband is Colombian. And um, I, we were told originally that we couldn't have children. So I stopped taking birth control because, you know, didn't seem like an issue. And after three years together, I suddenly got pregnant. So I went and um, I was only six weeks pregnant. So I chose to have an abortion, um, but I chose to do it here in Colombia, um, which is now it's legal. Like, like literally a month ago, it became fully legal. When I did it, um, it was done legally, but it wasn't socially acceptable. Um, so the way it was done is not done how it was in the UK. Like I wasn't given like pain medication and stuff. And so it left me with PTSD for about a year. Um, and I didn't even know it was PTSD. And that's when I started coaching and I was just kind of just getting started. So I started experimenting like different tools and like just looking into things. And I discovered tapping, um, out of curiosity. And I just thought, you know, just another tool to learn. 
um, I was, but I wasn't, you know, taken in by it necessarily. And so I had a session, I was working with a practitioner and I asked her and I just told her the story and I was like, you know what, I haven't been able to get over this. I still have flashbacks. I get triggers when I'm walking down the street. Um, like anything that smells like a hospital would automatically take me back. And, you know, I, my, the PTSD that I have, cause I want to be really honest with people, wasn't the one, it wasn't as, de- uh, what's the word, debilitating that it stopped me from working. I like, I could kind of hide it from everyone, but it was that out of control feeling where like we're walking down the street and you feel kind of normal and you, you see something or you smell something and then suddenly the panic comes up and you're like, okay. And you feel like you're gonna have a panic attack and stuff. So, I, and I just couldn't get rid of that. And I thought for a while, like, oh, you know, maybe I just can't get over it. I'm just having a little bit difficulty getting over it. I didn't even think it was PTSD. Um, and so I had a session with this practitioner and I just, we did tapping, we went through everything. And I noticed after the session, all of it went away. I've since that day, I've never had even the, the feeling of a panic attack starting. Cause like, I, you know, I could used to be able to control it. So I wouldn't go into a full panic attack, but you know, that feeling it, I don't get that. I don't get any of the triggers. I haven't had a flashback. Um, I can talk like I can talk about it with you and it's not bringing up all these things with before, you know, I wasn't able to talk about it properly or anything. And so that moment for me was really life-changing, really life-changing. And that's when I saw how powerful EFT tapping is. So that's when I started like, okay, I'm going to start learning this seriously. I started taking courses, programs, applying it to my clients. I was doing it with people, you know, like for free at first. Um, and it was through that, that it really led me to where I am now because um, I was helping women on a range of different issues. And at the moment, I specifically help female entrepreneurs, but the, the fears behind the issues are kind of the same for everyone. It's the feeling of not being good enough. It's the, the panicking about the money. It's the, you know, all of these things. Um, so I think it all comes back into one. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I know that's not always the easiest thing to open up about. And I'm so happy to hear that, you know, EFT, you tried it once and then it was that complete turnaround, you know, because I also experience anxiety and I've been trying a bunch of stuff and I've never had, you know, one separate occasion where it's just like, oh, I've done this thing once and it's kind of fixed itself. So I'm really excited to dive into the EFT tapping portion of this um, conversation. But before I do, I just kind of wanted to share with you and also my audience. um, When I saw your application and you mentioned, you know, you went through an abortion and you had PTSD and you kind of recovered from that. I knew that I needed to have you on my podcast because I actually have a very personal story with PTSD. And um, what actually happened to me is I experienced a sexual assault. And it was through a coworker. I was drugged. I was raped, you know, a very traumatic experience. I ended up with a pregnancy scare. And at the time I was living in another state for my family, my friends, I was in college. It was a coworker, somebody I trusted, you know, I was isolated in this experience. And so I was kind of planning, you know, I think I might be pregnant. And it was somebody that, you know, I thought I could trust and I wasn't opening up to people about it. And so I was also in the process of planning, you know, am I going to get an abortion? What's going to happen? I'm only a senior in college. Like, I don't know who I can open up, who I can tell these things to. And so luckily I wasn't pregnant. I just, you know, ended up having a very traumatic response on my body that delayed my period. 
but I, you know, opened up to a small group of people. But once I got back home, I pretended like it never happened. I didn't tell anybody uh, in my own personal life. You know, I cut off everybody from when I moved back home. And I was like, if it did, I don't talk about it. And I don't talk to these people. It doesn't exist. And it wasn't until a year later that I had this severe PTSD panic attack. It went on for an hour and 15 minutes. I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. And that's actually what pushed me to get into this therapy journey and actually start healing myself. And when I opened up to a therapist and they were telling me, you're experiencing PTSD, what you're experiencing is, you know, this traumatic stress from this event that you kind of just suppressed. And like you said, it's these little triggers. Like for me, it was a bedroom fan, you know, like a box fan that sits in your room because he had one of those in his bedroom. And from what I can remember, the experience was a box fan. And so, you know, the year after that experience happened, I suppressed it for so long that everything kind of came out and I just heard the sound of a fan and it pushed me over the edge. And so it's scary experiencing PTSD. It's hard because a lot of people don't understand and then it's for you kind of confusing at least for me it was that you know when I heard I had PTSD I was like no that can't be right like I didn't go to war like I'm not out you know overseas fighting people that's what people get PTSD from so how can I experience it from being you know assaulted by a coworker? and so I think that's really important for people to hear is that PTSD is a lot more common with you know other issues that people don't really talk about. So do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, your PTSD, kind of what was, you know, hard for you to go through? Was there stigma attached to it? Were you kind of afraid to kind of navigate that or anything like that? Yeah, wow. Like firstly, like, wow, like, th thank you for sharing that story with me, because it's just even even you just sharing that it's just reaffirming things that I hadn't thought about as well. So that that's really amazing. And um, what you were saying as well, like, I thought that PTSD was for people in war, like, I was like, I haven't seen a bomb go off. <laughs> right? So you think it's just for those things. Um, and I, I didn't know PTSD either. Um, and it was one of those things where I thought that I had to kind of just keep it to myself um, and I was trying to get on with everything and be normal and I was just a bit frustrated like because um, the place where I was working at the time um, someone came in there who was at the hospital and so I saw that person even though that person did nothing bad to me they just happened to be there and I, they were someone that worked at the hospital and I saw them and I thought I was gonna die I was like I think I'm gonna die and I locked myself in my office and I hid for a while and I waited for my heart rate to go down and I was like what's going on here and I and talking about it now it's like what why did I not just, you know share that with a friend like that's a weird experience but at the time you don't realize so you just you just keep it to yourself and like what happened with us like even my husband was kind of affected by it so one or two times where I tried to open up with him I could see that it was making him anxious and he wasn't he wasn't able to hold the space for me so I realized then I was like I can't share this with this person because they're not healed enough to to be able to support me um and um and that's how I ended up finding EFT um the one thing before we go into it I will just say the one thing is that everyone's experience is different and I know that other people that do EFT and it isn't done in one session you know it might take a month or, or a couple of months or everyone's totally different so I just want to put that disclaimer there um but it is it is pretty effective amazing yeah and before we jump into EFT tapping because I really want to just like dive into that um I do want to ask you know 
like you said, at the time when you got your abortion, it wasn't really, it was illegally done, but it wasn't socially acceptable. And I feel like that is something that has become more talked about and more openly discussed. And that's really why I wanted to have you on this podcast as well, because I think there is such a stigma surrounding abortion and it's almost like a taboo topic and a dirty word that people are like, oh my God, how could you kind of thing? So did that stigma of abortion kind of play into your experience at all? And did, you know, that stigma or just the weighing thought of, oh my God, this was an abortion kind of play into any anxiety or depression during your kind of healing process? Yeah, for sure. So like, um, you know, like there's no stigma, for example, amongst my friends and family, there was no stigma, but in the hospital, I was treated in a certain way by certain doctors. And what I mean by that, for example, is um, I was only six weeks pregnant. So when you're six weeks, you're given like a pill that induces a miscarriage. And I was given the pill and I was sent home. And the next day I was invited to go back in, like they check you up. And to give you an example, one of the things that happened, like I went to get checked by the doctor. And so you're like bleeding half naked on a table or whatever you want to call it. And the girl was like leaving the door wide open, like leaving the door wide open. Like you, you don't do that. Like under any circumstances, like that's not something you do. Um, and then they were kind of rude and they were like, you know, we've done what you wanted. So why don't you just get out and leave now? You know, like they say these things to you. So that was difficult for me. Um, but then afterwards, the thing that weighed on me the most was the shame that I felt because I was made to see, um, what's it called? The ultrasound. And I was made to listen to the heartbeat. And when that happened, I decided that there must be something wrong with me because I couldn't feel love. Like I only felt fear in that moment when I was listening to the ultrasound. I was like, this is a nightmare. I felt like I had no control over my body. And I thought there must be something wrong with me because a normal person must see that and must feel love. And that was one of the most difficult things to heal was that actually I'm not, <laughs> I'm not an evil, crazy person. You know, I just, it was someone that wasn't right for me and it wasn't at the right moment. So I say those are the, the, that was the big thing that was really difficult. And then for example, when I went back to work and stuff like the place I worked at was very religious. It was like a Catholic organization. So then, you know, I didn't really tell my coworkers or anyone else like that. Um, and even when I took, cause I took a little bit of time off work after that, I had like a week off work. I even asked the hospital not to, to be careful in the wording so that when I handed in the permission slip at work, no one would find out. And was the hospital cooperative with the wording and everything like that, even though you kind of had some mistreatment? Yeah. So it was like, there was two different groups. You know how hospitals, they switch over. Like there's a 12 hour, sh- there's like kind of that, like there was a shift. And so the people that first attended me were like very young doctors and who were like, we're going to help you. We want, you know, we want to do everything we will change the wording on these things. So you get what you need. Um, Cause I think, I think they put that I was already having a miscarriage and that's how I got access to it. But then the next, when the new doctors came in, it was a slightly older generation and they, they were the ones that were probably in disagreement. So I was kind of, you know, lucky that I got it in one sense and then, but then unlucky in the treatment afterwards. Yeah. And did your place of work ever find out or were you good to go after that letter? Yeah, no, nothing. No one else okay. found out. Yeah. Good. That's good. Yeah. Cause I come from a very um, Catholic background and you know, that is something that is very stigmatized in my 
you know, family, especially. And in my younger childhood, you know, it was ingrained in my brain that abortions are evil and bad and all of that stuff that, you know, they do kind of push in that narrative in the Catholic faith. Um, so I, I could only imagine how kind of terrifying that must have felt, you know, kind of having to live on edge and almost say, are they going to find out? Am I going to give it away? You know, those kinds of things. So did you experience any type of that, like, kind of almost like PTSD in the workplace? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was worried because one of the people that worked in the hospital, I was working as a teacher back then, and um, one of the people that worked in the hospital was actually a parent of one of the kids that I taught. And that was the one that I said, I saw him again. I was always worried. And like, I remember like when I was teaching his son and I was looking at the kid and I was like, looking at the kid strange. And I was like, is he looking at me? And then I was like, I'm being paranoid. Like this is getting far too strange. Did the kind of experience with the abortion and then kind of having that fear of, oh my gosh, am I going to get found out being a teacher? Did those play any factor in your decision to then switch over and become a coach or was it for other reasons? Um, oh, that's a great question. Um, a, a little bit, I would okay. say definitely a little bit. Like I was already, so during this time, like the time that I got pregnant and had the abortion, that was when I started my journey of like taking courses and just sort of dipping my toe into like, what would a different lifestyle look like? So I knew I wasn't happy in my regular job, but I didn't know what was the off, you know, the other option. So I started taking courses and stuff. And then um, I really knew that I wanted to leave my job. So I was um, in the group that we met. I was doing loads of stuff in the group that we met. Um, and it was really in COVID. It was after this experience with tapping and with COVID where I was like, okay, I'm taking the plunge. I'm quitting this job. I'm going fully into coaching. So, but definitely, yeah, it was definitely a, an extra push because I didn't want to be facing the same people. Thankfully, um, once COVID hit, like at the beginning of 2020, everything was virtual anyway. So, you know, I didn't, I wasn't really seeing people. <laughs> Can you share a little bit about what EFT tapping is and how did it help you in your healing journey? Yeah, for sure. So EFT tapping is also known as um, kind of like an alternative to acupuncture. So it's based on Chinese medicine and it's based on the idea that there are energy channels running through the body and that every negative emotion is a disruption in the body's energy field or in the energy channels within the body. And by tapping on them, you're able to shift them and you're able to help them. So it's basically um, a somatic type experience, a somatic type healing, and you're blending um, the talking. Most of the time you blend the talking, although there's also ways to do it without talking. So if you have a really traumatic experience where you're like, I don't want to talk about it, there's ways around it as well. But you're combining that with the body. And so really, it really believes that trauma and um, all negative emotions and things are stored in our body and more than in the body, in the energy, in the energy of the body. And when you tap, you're able to release it. And so EFT or tapping, it stands for emotional freedom technique. And it's been around since the 90s. It's actually pretty modern. Um, it only came about, it was discovered by accident, actually, by um, someone who was treating a woman for phobia of water. And he tried everything and he was, you know, about to give up. And he said to the woman, tap under your eye. And because under the eye is um, the place for fear, um, the woman tapped under her eye and the fear of water disappeared. And the guy, you know, he couldn't believe this. <laughs> the psychologist couldn't believe this. So he really started studying it. And it, it just developed since then by accident, basically. That's so cool. That is so interesting. <laughs> and so like there's different pressure points in the body that 
work for different things. So like you said, fear is under the eye. Um, which one did you specifically use in that first session to kind of heal you from your experience? Yeah. So um, there's different, each point can be for different things like around the chin and mouth. It's for like embarrassment and shame and stuff. But in general, when we tap, we just go through and tap on all of them. We tap on all of them. So for example, to give you an idea, say we were tapping on anxiety, how would it work? You could start by rating your anxiety on a level of zero to 10 for how intense it is. So let's just, for example, like say it's an eight. So you would start tapping at different points at the top of the head, the eyebrow, the temple, the under eye, and we would repeat what we're actually feeling. So that's one of the differences with EFTs. We actually just say out loud, like, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling really anxious, this anxiety. And you describe it like some, you know, if you can describe it, like I can feel it in my chest. I feel it like a pressure in my chest. And you go through describing what you're feeling. And then you look at turning towards a more neutral level. Okay, like um, you switch it to a more neutral or you find kind of the blessings or the learnings and then you turn it into a positive. And it's a way of going from negative to positive. And when at the end, and you keep rating the number and you can get it so the number goes down. So for example, with me, um, with the abortion, like one of the big feelings was shame that I discussed before. It was also anger. So I was going through these different emotions and neutralizing them. And when you neutralize those emotions, I can now remember everything. Like I remember everything in exactly the same way, but it's not emotionally charged. So it's not, you're not feeling the, the strong emotions behind it. Now I think about the abortion and I, you know, I'm happy to share it with you. I'm happy to share it with you because I know that this story can help other people. Whereas if you'd asked me to do this, you know, back then I wouldn't have been able to. It's really inspiring to hear, honestly, because I was also very sensitive talking about my experience and my PTSD. And it wasn't until, you know, I went through a lot, a lot of therapy, <laughs> you know, like two years of therapy to now be able to talk about it. But um, the fact that, you know, you went through these tapping sessions and now you're like, I'm able to vocalize this. I'm able to talk about this and not have all of those negative emotions and the anxieties come up. I think that's really motivational for people to hear that something so simple as tapping different parts of your body can make such a huge impact on your life. Um, so yeah. I do want to ask how long on average does a tapping session take? Like if I'm experiencing anxiety, can I do it in like five minutes or is it something that you need to do across the span of like 30 minutes to an hour or does it vary? Yeah. So definitely, for example, if you're experiencing anxiety, you can do it. Um, I even have a few like YouTube videos up that I can share with you, like free YouTube videos that you can give a go for yourself. Um, the, the the one thing I would say is it really depends. So the YouTube videos that I put up, you can tap for five minutes and get results. You can tap for 10 minutes. When I dealt with um, the abortion experience, I did do it with a trained practitioner and we did do it for around an hour. And I do recommend with people that if you want to go into something like that, you do it with someone else. When it's just kind of general anxiety, like you can just do it yourself. You can do a YouTube video. Um, it, it really depends on each person. There's no way I can give you an exact amount of time because I've had little mini sessions with people where we've got a lot done in 20 minutes and then, you know, another session where it's a 90 minutes. So it kind of depends on what you want to work on and how deep it is and um, if it's connected to other things as well. Because usually an issue is not just like one emotion, right? It's like a bunch of different emotions. So in EFT, what we do is we try and find kind of the biggest blocks and knock those ones down. And usually that kind of gets rid of the rest as well. A bit like Jenga, you know, like when you take the bottom one out, everything else collapses. And that's how EFT can be really powerful. When you find that 
the piece of Jenga that makes everything fall, that's when the magic is. So you mentioned that there are other quick alternative healing methods that you can do to kind of help when you're in a state of anxiety or, you know, you're just feeling a little anxious or, you know, you're experiencing a moment of struggle. So what are some other alternatives that maybe you used or you help others use? Yeah. So my favorite is always going to be tapping. That's like my go-to like basic thing. Um, But the other thing that I think works really well is breath work any type of breath work um, and especially breath work where the in the inhale is a little bit shorter and the exhale is longer any type of movement is great and the other thing that I think is kind of underrated is grounding and being outdoors and what I mean by that is like I go for walks and I I have no shame anymore I go and hug the tree and I don't care if people think I'm crazy (laughs) but um on an energetic level um you know how like we've got the north pole and the south pole humans we're the same we have two polarities and when we don't spend a lot of time outdoors the energy gets knocked off out of polarity and it makes us feel weird basically so if you go outdoors and like walking on the beach with your shoes off, touching a tree, anything like that, it can help really regulate your energy. And I think it's just something that um, is not really discussed that often. No, yeah, my boyfriend, he actually loves reading about that kind of stuff. So there was at one point where he found research that if you just take your shoes off and go stand in like a grassy dirt covered area outside and just like a couple minutes a day where you stand barefoot and you just kind of connect with the earth because it really does kind of like put your body back into alignment and connect with nature again. And so it is just little things like that, that people wouldn't a even think of doing like hugging a tree, you know, that are just so simple everyday tasks that people can do to kind of regulate their mood. So I think that's awesome that you shared that. Yeah. And it's, and it's totally free as well. Like you don't need to go to a therapist, like you can just do it yourself. So I think it's just nature's gift. Yes. I love that. Um, So if there's anybody out there currently experiencing PTSD, or maybe they're struggling with a heavyweight topic and they're really not sure what to do, what are some tips or advice that you could give to somebody out there? Oh, okay. So, I mean, it, it really depends. Everyone's situation is a little bit different. I think the first thing is to realize you're not alone. You're definitely not alone is the first thing. Um, number two, there's nothing wrong with you. You're a human that's just going through an experience as opposed to like, you don't need to identify with the PTSD or identify with the anxiety. It's just something that you're experiencing in this moment of your life. And then three would be find what works for you. I prefer alternative therapies because they're the ones that have shifted my life over regular therapy. But that's not to say that I'm against regular therapy. I just think that there are so many options out there. And if you've tried one thing and it's not worked for you, it doesn't mean that nothing's ever going to work for you. Give something else a go and just see what happens. So you said you experienced a lot of anxiety around, you know, the abortion and then with the PTSD, obviously. Um, But is that something you still find yourself struggling with, you know, day to day? Are you noticing anxiety attacks coming up quite often? Or is it something that's kind of subsided now that you've gone through EFT tapping and you've healed a little bit more? Yeah, in terms of like proper panic attacks or anxiety attacks, I haven't had one in years. It's been a really, really long time. Um, In terms of just kind of low level anxiety, I still get that now and again, right? And I think that's normal. There's a certain level of anxiety that is normal and it's not bad. Um, And I still use tapping for that and I still use journaling and I still use those things. Um, 
but the yeah but the panic attacks and that that kind of stuff it's I've never had it ever again so this is the search for serotonin podcast so I do like to ask everyone at the end of the interview just to keep it light and fun how do you search for serotonin in your everyday life what brings you happiness Oh, I love these questions. (laughs) I think um, what brings me happiness is um, coming back to the present as much as I can. I think it's it's when we get out of the present moment that the panic starts coming in, that we start worrying about the future or whatever it is. So um, for me, that involves um, putting my energy first. I put my energy first and everything else later, whether that be meditation, whether that be yoga, um, whether that be reading a book. Um, but um, really making that switch because I don't feel like sometimes we think it's kind of selfish or kind of silly or kind of like I'll do that at the end of the day if I get around to it but really making that switch to be present um, it, it really does help a lot yes I love that that's so awesome all right and then final question is where can people find you online if they want to work with you if they just want to follow you where can they find you yeah, so I'm on Facebook, Instagram, on and YouTube at the Vida Bonita. Um, you can just send me a quick DM. I'm always happy to hear from people. I've got loads of free resources on YouTube to help if anyone wants to get started with tapping on their own. And if you want to work with me, just shoot me a DM and we can set that up. Awesome. Perfect. And for my listeners, I'll be linking Maria's Instagram in the show notes. So if you guys want to go check her out, you can find her Instagram super easy. All right, Maria, those are all the questions that I had put together for you, but thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I know it's never easy to be vulnerable and I commend you in sharing your story and, you know, not only vocalizing that, but vocalizing the way that you have helped yourself heal. Um, So I really appreciate your insight and I really cannot wait for my listeners to hear this episode. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me here. It's been an absolute blast. This week's song is May I Have This Dance by Francis and the Lights featuring Chance the Rapper. This song is one that I hold very near and dear to my heart. Um, Not only is it just a really beautiful, moving song, but the music video is also great. And in this episode, I shared once again about my experience with sexual assault. And actually, when I was going through that, the first friend that I opened up to, um, she really held a special place in my heart. And this is a song that I always loved. And whenever I would play it, you know, around my friends from home, no one would ever know the song. And so when I met my friend who I opened up to about my abortion, she knew this song and we would play it together all the time. So it holds a lot of sentimental value for me. So if you want to go check out May I Have This Dance by Francis and the Lights featuring Chance the Rapper, you can find that on the Search for Serotonin playlist, which is linked in the show notes. Have a great week and I will see you next Monday.